I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, it's Francis Cosman. I hope you enjoy listening to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Program. Premier League, Saturday, December 16th, 2017. Arsenal versus Newcastle United. Kick-off 3pm. The contents. The manager, Arsene Wenger. The captain, Per Mertesacker. Voice of Arsenal. Player feature, Alexander Lacazette. Youth, Young Gun. Women. Match action, Arsenal versus Bait Borisov. Museum in the mix. That's me. 1998. Match action: Southampton versus Arsenal. Visitors: Newcastle United. Teams. The boss, Arsene Wenger. Arsene Wenger on the importance of rediscovering our clinical edge. Arsene was talking to Josh James. We went with a back four against West Ham on Wednesday because recently we had changed to a back four quite often during the games in order to attack more. I knew we would have a lot of the ball at West Ham and we wanted to put offensive pressure on them. And although we did have a lot of possession which we predicted, we were unable to find an opportunity to finish what we had started and what we prepared for. That was the main reason we couldn't get the win on Wednesday. So it wasn't due to the formation. We wanted to dominate the game to have the ball a lot, and we managed that. It was more down to a lack of sharpness and that we couldn't finish our chances. West Ham had defended well against Chelsea in their previous game, and they defended well against us too. Overall, though, we kept a clean sheet with the back four, and that's positive. I played Nacho Monreal as a central defender, and it looks to me that is his best position now, even in a back four. He has plenty of experience on the flanks, but it's a bit more demanding there now physically. Also, I prefer to have a right-footed and left-footed player in central defence, because that's where it all starts, and the distribution is better balanced when you can have that. Ainsley Metal and Niles played at left-back, and I think he has shown great qualities in the wing-back position this season in the Europa League and Carabao Cup. The West Ham game was a great opportunity to see him as part of a back four. 
He has good defensive qualities. He is very strong in the one-against-ones. He has a good defensive awareness, good recovery runs, and he can create going forward. He has shown that again against West Ham. But you feel there is even more to come from him, but what he did on Wednesday night was quite encouraging. I have converted players from midfield to full-back before, and who knows, he could be the next one, but Ainsley is so multi-talented and versatile that you would think he can play in midfield as well. He can play defensively midfield, he can play right-back. I have even used him as a centre-back in a back three. So there is a lot in the locker, and you want that to come out now. He's the right age. He was very young when he went on loan to Ipswich, so he already has experience in the championship. He is showing now that he is ready to fight for his position. He won the Under-20 World Cup with England last season. Can he become a full international next? That has to be the target, but you have to be cautious as well. Let's go step by step. First, he has to fight for the club, and international football is the next step once you have played two or three years at the top level. So, let's get to that position first. On to today's game, and of course, we know Newcastle will look to be solid defensively. Just as West Ham did, Newcastle are going through a difficult period at the moment, so they will first of all try to defend well. It's down to us to find a way through. We have to focus, first of all, to continue to keep clean sheets, but at home we know we can create chances, and that's what we want to continue to do. We faced 10 against 10 around the penalty area in the whole of the second half against West Ham, and if the game works out like that again today, we have to continue to play our game, but we must do it quicker and better. That means providing our game with more pace, with more penetrating runs, getting deeper behind the defenders, that's the target. Rafael Benitez is a manager I know well. We have had plenty of good battles down the years. He is a top-class manager, and I can understand why he has taken this challenge at Newcastle. It is a club with a massive potential. The crowd is absolutely fantastic there. It is a big club, a very interesting club, and a very interesting challenge, so I am not surprised that a manager of his quality is tempted by that. As for our team news, Schroeder Mustafi is back in training, but I will make a late decision on whether to include him today. It's still a little gamble. Other than that, we don't have any new problems from Wednesday. Of course, Aaron Ramsey will not be available. He will not be in contention for about three weeks now. Finally, I want to thank all of you for buying the programme today, because you have already donated to the Arsenal Foundation Charity Match Day by doing so. This is an important day in the club's calendar every year when everyone at the club comes together to contribute to the Arsenal Foundation. It's part of the historical values of our club and we are very happy to continue, which is why the players and myself will donate a day's wages again. Overall, I think it shows how much we care about that and it's a pleasure for us because I must say the Arsenal Foundation does a great job. Enjoy the game. The Captain.
prepare on how the team need to find new solutions to old problems. In the last two games, we've struggled to find solutions for the problems both Southampton and West Ham gave us. They've sat deep and tried to hit us on the break, limiting our chances. We need to be careful with that. It's important to defend as well when you lose the ball. What's important is to work on how we can put opponents under more pressure when we have possession. We need to find more solutions to that and to make sure we're more dangerous. Even when we have the ball at 70% of the time, it's about becoming more effective with it. We're not doing that at the moment. At this stage of the year, especially in December, with games coming thick and fast, we need to pick ourselves up quickly. I know we have creativity in the squad and the togetherness to come back from disappointments. We have to face adversity and try to get on with that. At the moment, it's not clicking, especially in games in training. We're working really hard, but it's not been clicking on the pitch. We need to address that quickly. And thankfully, we have the chance to do that because we're playing every three days at the moment. It's about putting pressure on the opposition, keeping the ball better and more effectively than we do at the moment. It's a challenge for us and one we need to embrace. We've dropped too many points already, but we can't think too much about that now because things can turn all of a sudden. We're not where we want to be in the table, so let's start closing the gap now. It's down to us to turn things around quickly, and we're a team who have the capability to do that. Newcastle have faced some adversity recently too, and we need to take advantage of that. There's a real onus on us this afternoon, particularly with the game being at home. We want to atone for the defeat against Manchester United. Our form at the Emirates has generally been good, and we've put some big performances in here this season. We want to find the edge that we've missed today. It's an opportunity for us to take on. The manager has a lot of options and we just need to remain focused and improve our passing in the final third. We've shown a lot of cohesion at home and we don't want to lose that. We went back to a four-man defence against West Ham on Wednesday, but I think that just required a small adjustment for us. It's good for us to show that we can play with three or four at the back and slightly change our system. This means we can instantly change the way we play during the game. We showed that against Manchester United when we went to a back four early on. It's becoming more natural, and we can change in an instant. What's more important is our intensity, and what we show from the start of games. Ainsley Maitland-Niles played at left back in midweek, and I thought he did well. This is a vital moment in his career. He's been around the squad for a while now and wants to have more of an impact and more playing time. It's important for him to understand that when he gets a chance, he needs to be ready. I've seen that he takes things more seriously now. He wants to improve. He wants to take on the challenge. Now he needs to show the manager that he wants to keep his place, that he wants to fight for it. It's promising with Ainsley and I hope that he just continues on this path. He's had some success in the youth teams and now it's time for him to show that he can cope with the Premier League 
and the opportunity he's been given. Hopefully, Ainsley will continue to strive for more consistency. That Ainsley has become an option on the left shows that he's versatile. His preferred position is in central midfield, but in professional football, you need to take every chance you get in whichever position. He's willing to sacrifice that, and that's a good sign. We've spoken a lot about Jack Willishier recently, but I felt his performance in midweek was another demonstration of him approaching full fitness and sharpness. This is an important year for him, and I think he's relaxed a bit more now. He's prepared for whatever comes. His way, and he's doing well. We see him striving, getting better, but I know he wants more. He's got that big motivation to do well for his beloved club. I'd like to welcome Isaac Hayden back to the Emirates today. He's a great character, and was a great kid, who always loved to compete. He was always hard on himself, and hard on his teammates. I always thought he could make it because of his character, because of his attitude. Technically, he had a lot too, which explains why he's been able to make the adaption from playing as a centre-back to playing as a number six. That shows how good he is with the ball. I love seeing him have a chance in the Premier League. Not everyone gets that opportunity to leave Arsenal and find another team in the Premier League and then come back to the Emirates as a starter for the opposition. That's what Isaac's done. He's just continuing what he showed here, and what I like is his consistency. He doesn't give up. He's raised his game, and I'm really happy for him. Charity Match Day I'm proud that we are celebrating the work of the Arsenal Foundation today. Arsenal is in a special position to make a difference to young people, and from what I've seen of our work in the local community, I must say that we take advantage of this. If myself and the other players can make a difference on days like today, of course we are happy to do that. Voice of Arsenal The Arsenal Foundation Charity Match Day, 16th of December 2017 It's Arsenal Foundation Match Day. We're proud to be dedicating today's match to the Arsenal Foundation and the many young people it supports. Every year since our move to Emirates Stadium, the boss and his players have dedicated a day's wages to charity at Christmas and this December is no different. With your help too, 50p from every programme sold goes to the Foundation today. We hope to raise funds and continue our work. Your support will allow us to create more safe places for children to play football with Save the Children. We will continue our partnership with Bob Wilson's Willow Foundation, helping to provide special days to seriously ill young adults, and we will work locally with Youth Homeless Charity Centrepoint and many others through the Gunners Fund and Islington Giving. With the generosity of fans and players, we can do even more. Thanks for your support. Today's unique programme. We hope you enjoy this unique matchday programme. Not only does 50p from every sale go to the Arsenal Foundation, we also believe it's the first time a programme has been created with an advent calendar element. You can enjoy the nine days to Christmas alongside a selection of Arsenal stars, looking festive on the outside and undertaking a foundation activity on the inside. Bag it. 
Win with Arsenal and Puma. In every domestic programme this season, the club's kit partner Puma are giving away travel bags. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Question time. Who scored the winning goal the last time Newcastle United visited Emirates Stadium? Email your answer to programme at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at Arsenal Magazine. All entries to us by Friday, December the 22nd, please. It's Ostersons in the Europa League. The draw for the last 32 of the Europa League took place recently and we will face Ostersons. Founded in the same month that Arsene Wenger became our manager, the Swedish side was created in October 1996 when three local clubs, Ope IF, IFK Ostersund and Ostersund slash Torvala FF merged together. A fourth club, Froso IF, joined the following year and the club then began its life in the third tier of Swedish football. Former league defender Graham Potter joined as manager after Ostersunds had been relegated to the fourth tier in 2010 and achieved successive promotions during his first two years in charge. Two years later, they had been promoted once more, this time becoming an Allsvenskan side for the first time in their existence, and they lifted their first major trophy, the Svenska Kupen, after beating six-time champions IFK Norrköping 4-1. Their Europa League record has been equally as impressive this season. They earned a shock win over Galatasaray in the second qualifying round and then finished second in a group featuring Athletic Bilbao and Hertha Berlin after losing just one game. They are Sweden's sole representative in this year's competition and the only Swedish club to have ever progressed beyond the Europa League group stage. Ostersunds FK vs Arsenal Thursday, February 15th, 2018. Kick-off, 6pm UK time. Venue, Jamtkraft Arena. Arsenal versus Ostersunds FK. Thursday, February 22nd, 2018. Kick-off, 8.05pm UK time. Venue, Emirates Stadium. Forest date set. We'll travel to championship side Nottingham Forest in the third round of the Emirates FA Cup and a date for the fixture has now been set. Nottingham Forest versus Arsenal, Sunday, January the 7th, 2018. Kick-off, 4pm, live on BT Sport. Please note that the replay date for the third round has provisionally been scheduled for Wednesday, January 17th, 2018, subject to TV. Premier League stats. Shots. 34, Alexis. 32, Aaron Ramsey. 27, Alexandre Lacazette. 26, Granit Zaka, 14, Mazut Ozil, Olivier Giroud. Clearances, 77, Laurent Cochilny, 57, Nacho Monreal, 54, Skodran Mustafi, 31, Hector Bellerin, 28, Sead Kolasinac. Chances created, 46, Mazut Ozil, 40, Alexis, 19, Aaron Ramsey, 18. Granit Xhaka, Hector Bellerin. 14. Sayad Kolasinac. Passes. 1,418. Granit Xhaka. 1,209. Nacho Monreal. 1,007. Laurent Caccioni. 918. Mazutazil. 917. Hector Bellerin.
Crosses, 55, Mazutazil, 43, Granite Xhaka, 36, Alexis, 29, Hector Bellerin, 25, Siad Kolasinac. Mazut is Player of the Month. Mazuta Zil has picked up his first Player of the Month award of the season for a string of impressive performances in November. The Germany International was exceptional as we won the North London derby, claiming an assist for Skodran Mustafi's opener and then laying on two goals and scoring one himself as he blew away Huddersfield. Azil claimed more than half of the votes cast, with Mustafi in second place, Aaron Ramsey in third and Alexis in fourth. Welcome, Oscar. Arsenal would like to welcome 16-year-old Oscar Hapgood, the great-grandson of the Gunners' legendary fullback Eddie Hapgood. Oscar, who lives with his parents in Zambia near Victoria Falls, but is studying in KwaZulu-Natal, South Africa, as an avid Arsenal fan and keen footballer. The sports-mad teenager is also training to be a white water rafting guide on the Zambezi River. Oscar, whose middle name is Edris, his great-grandfather's name of course, is extremely proud to represent the celebrated Hapgood name here at Emirates this afternoon and will be hoping to see his favourite player, Alexis Sanchez, get on the score sheet in a Gunners victory. Kevin White Arsenal Football Club would like to extend its sincere sympathies to the family and friends of Kevin White, who died recently after a courageous battle with cancer. Kevin, a specialist painter, worked tirelessly at Emirates Stadium from the day it opened in 2006 and as a fanatical Arsenal supporter was extremely proud in the part he played in the maintenance of our home. A hugely popular member of staff, he was above all a dedicated family man who loved his wife Karen and children Connie and Freddie dearly. The final word goes to his family, who are guests of the club at today's game. Kevin was a great husband, dad and friend to many. We will love and miss you with all our hearts. Loved forever. Matchball Sponsor This evening's Matchball Sponsors have sent in the following message. Proud Junior Gunners Tuco and Santino very excited to attend their first Premier League game with mum and dad, hoping for a good Arsenal win today for the boys. Come on, you gooners! Promising pair go pro. Congratulations to Jordi Osai Tutu and Joseph Olowu, both of whom have signed new contracts with us. Fullback Jordi has extended his current deal while defender Joseph has penned his first professional contract. Geordie, who joined us from Reading in 2015, has featured prominently for our under-23s and scored last weekend. The 19-year-old has also been named as a substitute for the first team in both the Europa League and Carabao Cup. Joseph, 18, has played for our under-23s and under-18s this season. Well done to both. We look forward to your continued development. On this day, 1995... Long-range Dixon goal gives us point against Chelsea. 2007. William Gallas scores the only goal in our win over Chelsea. Coming up. Sunday. Arsenal women host Sunderland in the Continental Tyres Cup. Tuesday. It's West Ham at home in the Carabao Cup quarter-final. Friday. Liverpool visit in the Premier League. Above and beyond, congratulations to Abdul Awais, who went above and beyond with his programme selling skills against Bate Borisov recently. 
Abdul deservedly won a Puma Holdall and we'd like to thank him for his sterling efforts in the evening. If you think one of our programme sellers has gone above and beyond, please let us know by emailing programme at arsenal.co.uk. Refwatch Stuart Atwell. This afternoon's referee is Stuart Atwell from Warwickshire. Mr Atwell, who became the youngest person to referee in the Premier League back in 2008, has taken charge of four matches involving us. This, however, will be our first game with him in charge since December 2011. Today's assistant referees are Simon Long and Matthew Wilkes. And Mike Dean, who took charge of our 4-3 win over Leicester City on the season's first day, is the fourth official. Here's our completed record with Mr Atwell as referee. 2010-11. Premier League, Arsenal 4, Bolton Wanderers 1. West Brom 2, Arsenal 2. 2011-12. Premier League, Arsenal 1, Swansea 0. Arsenal 1, Wolves 1. 10 Arsenal yellow cards. Anti-Semitic and discriminatory chanting of all kinds is offensive to home and away supporters alike and will not be tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive chanting at the match, you can report it to a matchday steward or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting FOUL, F-O-U-L, to 67777, together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team and supporters and wider community. Thank you for your support and enjoy the game. Exclusive player interview. This time, Alexander Lacazette. Written by Max Jones. Alexander Lacazette has wasted no time settling into his new surroundings. Our most high-profile summer recruit, the France striker joined us from Lyon in July after becoming his hometown club's third-highest scorer of all time, with 129 goals in 275 games. Not only was it the first time Alexandre had moved clubs, it was the first time that he had pulled a football shirt on that didn't belong to Lyon or the France national team. But he knew he'd made the right decision as soon as he walked into London Colney for the very first time. I really wanted to come here, he said at the time. I've always dreamed of playing for this club, so that dream has been fulfilled. Fast forward six months, and while Alexander will be the first to say that it has taken time to adjust to living in North London, his transition on the pitch has been seamless. After ending his seven-year spell at Lyon, with six goals in his final three games, the 26-year-old picked up where he left off in an Arsenal shirt, scoring just 15 minutes after coming on against Sydney in the summer. Another goal followed in our Emirates Cup clash with Sevilla, and then he really got the ball rolling. Amidst all of the media pressure surrounding his involvement in our Premier League opener against Leicester City, he struck just two minutes into his competitive debut at Emirates Stadium to silence any remaining critics. I didn't feel any pressure, he says. It's more that I put pressure on myself because I wanted to prove to the fans and my teammates, as well as those who invested in me, the coach and the club, that they were right to invest in me. But I didn't feel any particular pressure going into that game. Three more strikes would follow, including a match-winning brace against West Bromwich Albion, to take his tally to four goals in his first five games, and things would only get better for the France international. 
After helping Les Bleus qualify for their 15th World Cup, Alexander returned to domestic action to spearhead a devastating front line, featuring Alexis and Mesut Ozil for the very first time against Everton. The excitement from our travelling fans was palpable inside Goodison Park, but not even they could have expected what was to follow. After Nacho Monreal had cancelled out Wayne Rooney's early opener, our new-look attack seized control of the game. First, Alexis set up Mesut, then Mesut assisted Alexandra before Alexis round off the scoring moments after Aaron Ramsey's strike. Every time we were due to line up alongside each other before that game, someone was either injured or ill, so it wasn't due to the coach's decision, Alexander recalls. But once we were on the pitch together, it didn't take us long to gel. I already got on very well with them in everyday life, but on the pitch we've gotten to a point now where we understand one another better, better than at the beginning. We learn more every day, but we already know how the other likes to play, so it's easier for us. For Mezard, it's about passes, his vision of the game, and passes, and for Alexis, perseverance. He always wants to go further, be stronger and rise higher. As well as being very fast, he always wants to go even further. By the start of this month, Alexander had scored eight goals in his first 16 Premier League games, an impressive return for anyone, not least a striker who'd never played domestic football outside of France before. In fact, four of the five players who've scored more league goals than him are seasoned Premier League performers, while the other, Alvaro Morata, had already played in two of Europe's top leagues before joining Chelsea in the summer. So why has Alexander been able to settle so seamlessly? It's helped me to have French players around me, and the boss has been fantastic, the striker reveals. I benefit from his experience on a daily basis, as well as his past with different strikers he's worked with, and we chat to improve some small points. I've also spoken to Francis Coquelin a lot, over a number of years, and he would always tell me to come. He said only good things about Arsenal, which is not surprising because he wanted me to join the club. Even without that, I still really wanted to come here. He stressed that it was a great club located in a fantastic city. He said I would not regret my decision to move here because of the people I'd be working with and, of course, the fans. The French duo's friendship dates back to their days in the national team's youth sides, most notably the 2010 European Under-19 Championship, when they lined up alongside Antoine Griezmann and former gunner Gilles Sunu in an exciting France squad. In their final against Spain, it was Sunu who scored Les Bleus' equaliser before Alexander netted the winner with just five minutes to go, his third goal in the competition. Only Danny Pacheco, now at Getave, with on-loan goalkeeper Emi Martinez, scored more during the 12-day tournament. But while Alexander and co. were finding the net at one end, one more future Premier League star was keeping things tight at the other. Florian Lejeune, who today lines up for Newcastle United after following our striker across the English Channel, was an integral part of France's back line at youth level and was not surprised to see his good friend join us in the summer. I've always known he was a great forward, the defender said. They have signed a goalscorer. In the last three or four years, he's been putting in at least 20 goals a season, so he will definitely score goals. Florian will certainly have a tough task keeping his former teammate quiet today, if last season's Christmas form is anything to go by. This time last year, Alexander hit a purple patch with Lyon, scoring nine times in seven consecutive games between December 14th and January 28th. 
I remember it well, the 26-year-old smiles. It was a good run, and one of the reasons I came to London was so I could experience this period because it's even more intense than that. My teammates have given me quite a few tips on nutrition, on how to be careful and get a lot of rest. They also told me how, despite it all, I should enjoy time with my nearest and dearest because often people who are close to you come to London during this time. Settled on the pitch and getting to grips with life off it, Alexander has bought into our club values too. As they've done every year, each player is donating today's match wage to the Arsenal Foundation to support projects that use football and the Arsenal name to inspire young people in North London and overseas. It's a tradition the 26-year-old is proud to be supporting this afternoon. It's a beautiful thing that I'm joining in with too, like every other player, he smiles. It's for a good cause, and what's more, we were able to see what we can do with the money that's raised. Of course, we're in a privileged position, and we all want to help these foundations as much as we can. Alexander Lacazette, born Lyon, France, May 28, 1991, joined Arsenal from Lyon on July 5, 2017. Previous clubs, Lyon. Stats. Alexandre Lacazette has scored eight goals this season, all in the Premier League. He's netted five with his right foot, two with his head and one with his left foot. Seven have been inside the area and one outside. Arsenal Youth. The under-18s and under-23s both continue their fine form in the run-up to Christmas. By Matt Aldridge. Saturday, December the 9th, 2017. Fairwood Training Ground. Swansea City Under 18s versus Arsenal Under 18s. Swansea, nil. Arsenal, three. The scorers for Arsenal were Amici in the seventh minute, John Jules in the 77th, and Saka in the 79th. Our Under 18s stretched their winning run to five games with a confident win in South Wales. Xavier Amici netted his fourth goal in as many games since returning from injury. Turris John Jules bagged a goal and an assist late on, firing in an impressive half-volley. Bukayo Saka netted just a few minutes later to round off the scoring. Head coach Kwame Ampadu named a familiar team as we look to make it five wins in our last five games and keep the pressure on at the top of the table. Xavier Michi made it four goals in as many games for himself since returning from injury when he opened the scoring after just seven minutes. The midfielder twisted and turned inside the penalty area, taking five Swansea defenders with him, but found the bottom corner wrong-footing the goalkeeper with a laser-like finish. In search of an equaliser, the hosts upped the pressure and thought they had brought the scores level when Matthew Roberts headed in, only for the linesman to flag him for offside, after Arthur Nkokwa had impressively saved from Mason John Thomas. Trey Coyle, keen to add to our lead, did well to race in behind Swansea's back line down the left-hand side, but could only blaze his effort narrowly over the crossbar. It took until the 77th minute for another goal to come, and it was Tyrese John Jules who finished coolly at the near post to double our lead, as he hammered the ball in on the half volley. John Jules soon turned creator, threading Bukayo Saka in behind, who in turn slotted the ball under the goalkeeper to round off the scoring. Playing for Arsenal were Onkokuo, Clark, Thompson, 
Oleenka, substituted by Swanson in the 80th minute, Spencer Adams, Amole, Amici, substituted by Balogun in the 62nd minute, Beckford, substituted by Burton in the 54th minute, John Jules, Coyle and Sarka. Subs not used were Barden and McGuinness. Sunday, December the 10th, 2017, City Football Academy. Manchester City under-23s versus Arsenal under-23s. Manchester City, nil, Arsenal, one. The scorer for Arsenal was Osei Tutu in the 47th minute. Christian Bielik and Jeff Gren Adelaide made returns from injury. Joe Willock struck the crossbar twice. Jordi Osei Tutu hit the winner in at the near post shortly after the break. Victory saw us rise to second in the Premier League 2 table. With Jeff Gren Adelaide and Christian Bielik returning from injury, Steve Gatting was able to call upon a strong starting eleven as we looked to rise to second in the league table. Dan Ilyev lined up in goal behind a back three of Bielik, Schief and Julio Plagazuelo. Fresh from signing a new contract, Jordi Osetutu started at wing-back alongside Vlad Dragomir while Josh Da Silva partnered Joe Willock in central midfield. Eddie Anquitia and Rhys Nelson were also handed starts as Juan Adelaide made his return. We very nearly raced into an early lead through Juan Adelaide, who picked up a loose ball from City's Arianat Murich on the edge of the penalty area, but saw his effort tipped over the bar. Soon after, Joe Willock had the chance to open the scoring from close range, only to ping the ball off the crossbar after we had done well to work our way behind the host's back line. We kept up the pressure and once again carved open City's defence, with Willock this time glancing the ball just wide after meeting Nkitia's squared cross a few yards from goal. Having been unable to break the deadlock before the break, despite our dominance, we started the second half keen to make amends and did so in quick fashion. After ghosting in behind... Ose Tutu was played through excellently by Juan Adelaide and fired the ball in at the near post to put us in the lead. Shortly after, City had their first great chance of the match when Lukash and Mecha broke through on goal but saw his shot saved by Ilyev. With full time nearing, Willock and Nelson had a pair of quick-fire chances as the former struck the woodwork once again while the latter blasted the rebound straight at Murich. Playing for Arsenal were Ilyev, Bielik, Schief, Plagazuelo, Willock, Nelson, Nkitia, Dragomir, Gren Adelaide, substituted by Fortune in the 67th minute, Ose Tutu and De Silva. Subs not used were Keto, McGain, Gilmore and Bowler. Young Gun the next generation in their own words. Jordi Osei Tutu Born Slau, October 2nd, 1998 Joined 2015 Height and weight 175 cm, 76 kg Position, right back School, the Forest School Boots, Nike Hypervenoms Things are going really well for me at the moment. I've signed a three-year extension to my contract 
and I scored against Manchester City in the under-23s last weekend. The first contract is a real thrill to get, but the second one is always the one that has more significance, because it means that you are a step nearer the first team. It's a big confidence boost for me that the club has shown such belief in me. The coaches have always encouraged me to keep working hard on developing my game, and that if I do, I'd see the dividends. I certainly won't be relaxing though. My new contract is massive for me, but ultimately the aim is to get into the first team. That's what I'm working towards, and I hope to be involved more often. I've travelled with the first team and made the bench against Red Star Belgrade in Serbia and for the Carabao Cup match versus Norwich. I learned a lot from the times I've trained with the players too. I'm working especially hard on improving my one-on-one defending and being up against the likes of Alexis Sanchez and Alex Iwobi has helped me immensely. Obviously, I spend a lot of time working with players in the under-23s. There's a lot of attacking talent who are a good test for anyone and we all help each other improve. I also look to learn from established players too and aside from the players at Arsenal, I also like the way that Antonio Valencia performs in the role. He was a winger with Wigan when he first joined Manchester United, but he is very strong in the right-back role now, both in defence and attack. I like the way that he's very direct. At the moment, I'm playing more often as a wing-back and pushing up the field a little more than I would as a right-back. It allows you to be more involved in attack as there is an extra centre-back to cover. There are many players looking to play in the under-23s and so the team changes a lot. Good players learn to adapt, so it doesn't matter who is in front, behind or inside me when I play. We all have good relationships and understand each other. I think that's why the under-23s are doing so well this year. We're getting stronger and stronger in our performances and I believe we're well-placed to win the league. I was happy to score in the 1-0 win over Manchester City. I was played in by Jeff Wren Adelaide, took a touch and steered it past the keeper. I'm looking to score more goals and create more assists. So that was a good start. I'm working on my attacking and defensive headers as well as the quality of my crossing, which should help. We play Newcastle this weekend and they're a side that do pose a threat going forward. They play in a direct style and no doubt they'll be looking to start fast and hope that we are caught cold like we were against Manchester United and Southampton. I'm sure that will not happen and I expect that we will continue to make chances and claim all the points. The Lowdown Who have been the biggest influences on your career? My dad, my older brother Isaac and my cousin Lloyd. What's the best aspect of your game? My pace. And what do you still need to work on? Heading. Which team did you support as a boy? Arsenal. Who did you pretend to be in the playground? I didn't, to be honest. I was just myself. If you could score any goal, which would it be? Zidane's volley in the 2004 
Champions League final against Bayer Leverkusen. Which current player would you most like to play against? Lionel Messi. What's been the greatest moment of your career so far? Signing for Arsenal. If you had to sing one song to save your life, which would it be? Let Me Love You by Mario. What's your most valued possession? My Bible. Aside from PE, which was your best subject at school? Maths. What other sports are you good at? Table tennis and basketball. You choose. Nando's or KFC? Nando's. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Champions League or World Cup? World Cup. Instagram or Snapchat? Snapchat. Home kit or away kit? This season's third kit. Netflix or Amazon Prime? Netflix. Sliders or flip-flops? Sliders. Long-range gold or dribble through the team? Long-range goal. Beach holiday or city break? Beach holiday. 40 metres or 400 metres? 40 metres. Stormzy or Jay Huss? Jay Huss. Anatomy of Arsenal Academy. Heading, Christian Bailick. Skills, Tafari Moore. Vision, Joe Willock. Commitment, Charlie Gilmore. Strength, me. Trainer, Vlad Dragomir. Touch, Reese Nelson. Right foot, Ben Sheen. Arsenal women. New boss Joe Montemurro reveals his footballing philosophy as he awaits his first game in charge. Words, Michael Don Levy. Photography, David Price Getty. Joe's ready. Ahead of the postponed match against Liverpool, new manager Joe Montemurro outlined his coaching philosophy and thrill at having joined the Gunners. There are obviously goals to achieve, winning games and winning trophies, but it's also important to put our stamp on football again and play the way we want to play, says Joe, who arrived from Melbourne City. That ties in with the brand and the identity of Arsenal – That's very important and I want to make sure that comes out. So when you come to see us play, it's beautiful to watch but also effective. We want to win games. The foundations are there. Never forget we have World Cup winners, Olympic gold medal winners and European champions here. For me, being able to work with them is amazing and I can learn a lot and grow as a coach and person. They are such amazing role models in not only women's sport but sport in general. And this group has the opportunity and the ability to do some really amazing things. Despite coming from a country where football usually refers to the eye-wateringly physical Aussie rules, Joe's footballing ethos is a pure one. My football philosophy is all about the ball, he says. We try to solve problems with the ball. You need to have good balance without the ball, but I like to play a very proactive game. I'm very passionate about what I do, so there's definitely a high-energy buzz in the group. I think you're always evolving, and as a coach, there's never a time when you think, that's it, I've made it as a manager. You learn every day, you learn to pick up little details and identify the little things you can do better. 
I think the thing in management is to be very humble and probably the most important thing is to care about your players and really get to know how they work and understand how they work in the group dynamic. Typically of Arsenal, Joe certainly felt at home since he arrived at London Colney. One thing that really hit me from the start was that this is a real people's club, smiles the 48-year-old. Arsenal really care about their people and they really care about what they stand for and the ethos of the club. I'm an Arsenal fan and have been all my life, so obviously the football side of it suits the way that I think the game should be played. Hopefully we can take that forward in the women's team too. Last Sunday's game postponed. Arsenal's home fixture with Liverpool scheduled for last Sunday was postponed due to the heavy snowfall and freezing conditions in the Boreham Wood area. As yet, we do not have a rescheduled date for this match, but stay close to Arsenal.com and the Arsenal Women Twitter feed for the latest news. Continental Cup tie tomorrow. Arsenal take on Sunderland tomorrow in the quarter-final of the Continental Cup at Meadow Park. The match kicks off at 2pm and Joe Montemurro's team would love as much support as possible in our quest to get to the final four. The Gunners have already hosted Sunderland this season in the Women's Super League when second-half goals from Louise Quinn, Viviane Miadima and Jordan Nobbs gave the score a comfortable look, though Melanie Ray's team held firm until the hour mark and have proved a tough nut to crack in the past. Tickets can be bought via arsenal.com for just £6 for adults, £3 concessions. Charity Match Day It's Charity Match Day for the Arsenal Foundation at Emirates Stadium this afternoon, as it is at Boreham Wood tomorrow. Arsenal women will be raising funds to support local charities and projects, a number of beneficiaries will be present at the game, and there will be a coat collection for homeless charity and foundation beneficiary Centrepoint UK. Match Action Arsenal versus Bait Borisov Thursday, December 7th, 2017 Kick-off, 8.05pm Europa League Game number 24 Venue, Emirates Stadium Referee, Robert Schagenhofer Attendance, 54,648 The final score, Arsenal 6 Bait Borisov, 0 The scorers for Arsenal Debushi in the 11th minute, Wolcott in the 37th minute, Wilshire in the 43rd minute, Polyakov in the 51st minute from an own goal, Giroud from the 64th minute from a penalty, and Elneny in the 74th minute. The team for Arsenal, Ospina, Debushi, Chambers, Holding, Maitland-Niles, Coquelin, Elneny, replaced by Willock in the 76th minute, Wilshire, Walcott replaced by Nelson in the 71st minute, Welbeck replaced by Enkatea in the 77th minute, and Giroud. Substitutes, Rain Adelaide, Agpom, Macy, Sheaf, and the aforementioned Willock, Nelson and Enkatea. The side for Bait Borisov. Shibitsky, Rios, Polyakov, Milinovic, Voloko, Yellow Card, Bereskin, Dragon, Gordiachok, Ivanich, replaced by Jablonski in the 76th minute. Stasevich, replaced by Tuminenen in the 69th minute. And Radionov, replaced by Signovich in the 56th minute. Substitutes for Bait Borisov. 
the aforementioned Lebonsky, Bouillat, Signevich, Tuominen, Bega, Shikan, and Gavillier. Match facts. This was Arsene Wenger's 700th win as Arsenal boss. Mathieu Debouchy scored his first goal for 1,082 days. This was the sixth time Arsenal have scored at least six goals in a European fixture. Man of the match, Theo Walcott. Match stats for Arsenal, total shots 23. Shots on target 11, corners 7, offsides 2, fouls 8, possession 71%. For Bate Morozov, total shots 11, shots on target 2, corners 2, offsides 4, fouls 9, possession 29%. First half. Arsene Wenger sprung a surprise by reverting to a back four for the final Europa League group game, with top spot already assured. And it was one of the defenders who broke the deadlock. Matteo Debuchy thundered home a cracker inside the far post. It was our 100th goal of 2017. Theo Walcott soon scored our 101st, tucking home inside the area, and Jack Wilshire scored his first of the season to make it 3-0 before the break the midfielder finishing smartly into the top corner to put the rampant gunners further ahead. In the second half, the scoring continued after the break. Denis Polyakov diverted Walcott's right-wing cross past his own keeper under pressure from Danny Welbeck, and it was soon five. Walcott was bundled over inside the area, and Olivier Giroud stepped up to stroke home the penalty, despite being asked to retake the spot kick for infringement. Mohamed Elneny rounded off the scoring, latching onto Wilshire's square pass inside the area and picking out the top corner. Job done, now it's Osterson's in the first knockout round. Exhibit Arsenal A look at the history of the Gunners through the treasures found in the Arsenal Museum. Exhibit 14 1932 FA Cup final record and ticket stub. In the run-up to the 1932 FA Cup final, the Arsenal and Newcastle players were invited to record messages by the Columbia Gramophone Company that would be released on its regal label. For one shilling six pence, one at six, fans of the finalists would be able to hear the voices of their heroes. It's highly likely that this was in response to Decker's similar offering for the 1930 final, for which they had produced a record with interviews of the finalists' two captains. The Arsenal players' messages were recorded on one side with a red and white label, whilst the Newcastle players featured on the reverse side with a black and white label. As Alex James was not certain to start, he was not interviewed, nor was his eventual replacement, George Mail. An anonymous compare starts the ball rolling by introducing Tom Parker, who tells us, Our fellows will play the game and play it well, before introducing Frank Moss. Each player subsequently introduced the following player with a little quip. Most of the players were more amenable to saying a few words, whereas the likes of Bob John and Jack Lambert obviously wanted to get the experience out of the way as soon as possible. Cliff Bastin recollected his pass to James in the 1930 final, which led to the opening goal, and the hope that he could repeat the favour once again. Tom Whittaker rounds off the messages, and the recording finishes off with a song sung to the tune of John Brown's Body. 
We're the Arsenal and we hope to win the cup. We're the Arsenal and we hope to win the cup. Alex James will dribble and he'll mess the bounders up and we'll all shout Arsenal. The Newcastle side of the record starts with the national anthem, after which all of the Newcastle players tell us a bit about themselves before finishing off with the Geordie classic, the Bladen Racers. Ah, me lads, you should only seen us gannin. We'd pass the forks upon the road just as the were stannin. There was lots of lads and lasses there, all with smiling faces, gone down the Scotswood Road to see the Bladen races. There were no record charts in the 1930s, so it's difficult to say how popular the Decca and Columbia records were. It would be almost 40 years before the voices of Arsenal players were heard on vinyl again, creating another first for the club. When good old Arsenal entered the UK singles chart on May 8, 1971, Arsenal became the first club team to have a hit record in the UK. Along with the players' record there is also a tickets tub for the 1932 final in the same display. An Arsenal fan in possession of one of these would have been incredibly lucky. With home crowds peaking at 65,000 this season, only 7,000 tickets were made available to each of the finalists. Arsenal Museum Founded in 1886, Arsenal have a wonderful history from the club's time at Woolwich, Highbury and Emirates Stadium, and the newly refurbished museum offers visitors the chance to take in a whole host of exciting exhibits. The Arsenal Museum is open daily from 10.30am and is also open on match days, closing one hour before kick-off. Tickets can be purchased at the museum or online by visiting www.arsenal.com tours. In the mix. Today's Advent Calendar programme is, we believe, an English football first. Here's a few things you might not know about Arsenal's matchday programme. One, the earliest programme seen by Arsenal historians, is for a game on May 3rd, 1890. Royal Arsenal v London Caledonians Clapton 11. Two, the longest-serving programme editor was Gordon Ross, who held the position from 1949 to 1983. 10. In season 1983-84, the programme began to use a different image for every cover. 9. The programme's current 84 pages is the largest ever produced by the club. It has been that size since... 2005-6. 8. Programme editors of the past often went by pseudonyms, as well as Gunner's Mate. There was also Lance Jack, Recorder and Marksman. 11. The FA Cup game against Farnborough in 2003 was the only time that both home and away managers and captains had columns in the matchday programme. 12. For the paper nerds, it is currently printed on 115 GSM, grams per square metre, gloss paper with a 200 GSM gloss laminate cover. 13. In 1949-50, the news section became 
the voice of Arsenal, as it remains to this day. 21. Stuart McFarlane has been providing photography to the programme since season 1988. 20. The current programme editor, Andy Exley, has undertaken the role since joining the club in August 1999. 19. Lambros and Mike Hammond have been providing youth and visitors profiles respectively for more than 20 years. 3. Colour photography was first used in the programme during season 1968-69. 4. The current programme is printed by Bishop's Printers in Portsmouth. 5. Before the First World War, the programme size had risen to 16 pages. It took 70 years before a bigger 24-page programme was produced for season 1980-81. 7. League title and cup-winning manager of the 1930s, George Allison was previously programme editor at the club and known as Gunner's Mate. 6. The latest the programme has ever gone to print was at 11pm the night before a Saturday 3pm kickoff. 14. Up until season 1996-97, the team on the back page was the prediction of the programme editor. In that season, full squads were introduced to the back of Premier League programmes. 15. The first use of an image on the programme cover came in the 1949-50 season. 16. In 2011-12, the programme became Perfect Bound, Square Backed. Previously, it had been saddle-stitched, staples. 18. The largest print run in living memory was for the final game at Highbury on May 7, 2006, when 80,000 programmes were printed and all sold. They arrived at Highbury on an articulated lorry. 17. Arsenal also produced a 24-page matchday programme for all Arsenal women home games. Let's get physical. That's me. Ian Cook has worked for Arsenal since 1979 and was a fresh-faced 24-year-old when he joined other staff members and community head Vic Akers for a spot of aerobics in 1986. It's a very 1980s scene, isn't it? We're taking part in an aerobics session in the old sports hall behind the clock end. There has been a red shale pitch there for many years. You can even see it in the Arsenal Stadium mystery. But in the 80s, it was redeveloped with AstroTurf put in and used by the newly formed community department headed up by Vic Akers and Alan Sefton. When the clock end was redeveloped in 1993, the sports hall changed significantly, with much of it on a mezzanine floor, but at this stage it was all still on ground level. It was like an aircraft hangar with ventilation slats around the top and very drafty. The area was rarely used by the players anymore. They trained up at UCLA, next to the current training ground, but staff used it extensively. We played football matches and had a successful staff cricket team when we played a kind of early version of 2020. Pat O'Connor, who also still works for the club, 
even used to take his golf clubs down there and hit a few balls, and we also enjoyed a spot of aerobics. I reckon this is in winter, as we're all wrapped up warm, and I think I might just have been roped into this session for the photograph. Although I did do aerobics in the summer, it kept me fit for the football season. The girl at the front ran the session, and I think that was her sister next in line. At the very back is Chris Coleman, the wife of former youth team coach Tommy Coleman, and that's their daughter Emma with the blonde hair, next but one to me. In between us, showing herself to be much more supple than me, is Sue Compton, who was the box office manager and my boss at the time. Sue is still very much associated with the club in that she is now Sue Miles and has been married to club secretary David Miles for many years. I'm not quite sure why Vic isn't joining in. I guess he's illustrating one of the activities taking place in the sports centre which he was effectively in charge of. I went on to work in the box office until 1992 when I project managed the new museum in the North Bank and then became museum curator for many years. Nowadays, I'm not really in the kind of shape to be doing aerobics, but I'm still working for this great football club as a historian, helping numerous departments source information. I also work in the director's box on match days, where I will often see my old friend Sue Miles in a slightly less strenuous environment. Are you in an Arsenal picture? Have you ever spotted yourself in a famous Arsenal picture? If you have, we'd love to hear your story. Email program at arsenal.co.uk or call 020-7704-4130 and ask to speak to the editor. That sums it all up. 20 years since Arsene Wenger's team won Arsenal's second double, the Matchday programme recalls the stories that surrounded the 1997-98 season, written by Jem Maidment. Arsenal completed the double in 1997-98 with a 2-0 victory over Newcastle United in the FA Cup final. We hear from both sides of the final, Newcastle midfielder Rob Lee, but first Gunners man of the match at Wembley, Ray Parler. Ray Parler. The old Wembley was a very special place and this was the last cup final we played there before it moved to Cardiff in 2001. When I think back to that day, it was blisteringly hot. In fact, I can't remember playing in hotter conditions in England. It must have been 100 degrees at the kick-off. It was a real family event too, with my brothers and aunts and uncles all coming. I do always think back to my lovely Aunt Jean, as it must have been the last time she saw me play live as she died soon afterwards. She was lovely. We were big favourites that day, especially after winning the title, and we had a bit of time to prepare for it. And, to be honest, we fancied ourselves to win the cup. Don't get me wrong, Newcastle had a great team that day. Rob Lee was superb in midfield. They had Alan Shearer, of course, and the late Gary Speed. In fact, I have just remembered I actually swapped shirts with Gary that day. It will be at my house somewhere. Gary was a top player. So we knew they had a very good team. But, despite their talents, they were overwhelming underdogs that day, and that was because we'd had such a great season ourselves. We were all in great nick, and I was feeling great, in real tip-top condition going into that game. My last FA Cup final appearance wasn't so great. I played back in 1993 against Sheffield Wednesday, when the game ended one all and was subsequently dropped by George Graham for the replay, which we won 2-1. I had a lot of family there for that one too. We took the lead through Mark Overmars, whose pace that season was causing all of our opponents' defences problems. 
Alan Shearer hit the post. I remember that moment clearly, because for me it was the turning point. I remember setting up Nicholas Anelka with a pretty easy chance, but he missed it. He made amends, though, when I put him through on goal and he ran through to beat Shea Given. That was 2-0, and from then on the cup was ours to lose. I did play well that day, I know I did, and was delighted to be awarded Man of the Match, which was really great, as I was also Player of the Year that season. I actually did well in quite a few big key games, but to me they were all the same, whether it was a league game at Stoke or the FA Cup final. I approached every game in the same way and with the same mindset. I was never really phased by it all and always believed I would play well, regardless of the opponent's occasion or venue. I could always handle the big occasion. Rob Lee Thinking back, it was actually quite surreal walking out alongside Tony Adams, him skippering the Arsenal and me leading out Newcastle United. We'd known each other for a very long time, since we were little kids, playing with and against each other for years and years. The two of us had lived in the same area. I'd even lived next to his mum and dad in Hornchurch. I still have a picture at home of the two of us, two captains of two great football clubs, shaking hands before the game. As I say, surreal as well as being a very special moment in my career. Kenny Dalglish had made me captain after Kevin Keegan's sudden resignation back in January 1997. Captaining Newcastle United is a big deal and I was thrilled. Playing Arsenal in those days was never easy. The team was fantastic from top to bottom. David Seaman was an outstanding keeper. They knew had the defence with my old mate Tony. Possibly the greatest ever Arsenal captain. Then there was that midfield of Patrick Vieira and Emmanuel Petit, who everyone had faced them will always talk about. They were, along with Roy Keane and Paul Scholes, the best midfield I played against, no doubt about it. The pace of Mark Overmars and Nicholas and Elka was very special too. Ray Parler was a tough opponent. Arsenal had quality all over the pitch. Going into that final, I recall Keith Gillespie was missing and we had to put Steve Stone at right back, largely to counter the pace of Overmars. But we struggled with his pace and Overmars gave Arsenal the lead. That said, we fought back. We had a pretty decent spell when we took the game to Arsenal and we could, perhaps even should, have levelled. Alan Shearer hit the post and Nikos Dibazas stuck the bar too. But Anelka scored Arsenal second and they went on to win the double. If I'm being truthful, Arsenal deserved to win that day. They were perhaps too strong for us in certain areas. Actually, Arsenal had always been a team I struggled against personally. While I played in some good wins against them, I never scored against the Gunners, not for Charlton or Newcastle or Derby or West Ham. I never even got close to scoring against them. And I didn't in the cup final. It was typical Newcastle. We had been very unlucky that we were up against the new league champions who had a genuinely fantastic team. The odds had been stacked against us from the off. It was the same the following season when we reached another FA Cup final and came up against a Manchester United team who would win the treble. I'll be back at St James's Park next month for the FA Cup when they play Luton Town in the third round. My two sons, Ollie and Elliot, both play for Luton, so it will be a fantastic occasion. Both of them spent their early years on Tyneside, so they know all about United. When the cup draw was made, I was around my mum and dad's and I put the telly on. United came out and then Luton. It was unbelievable. We have a coach load going up there. I've been asked many times who I'm supporting, Newcastle or Luton. God willing, if they both avoid injury and are picked on the day, I'll be supporting my two sons. It'll be one of those very rare occasions when I won't be backing the tune. Arsenal first team squad, 1997-98. 
Number one, David Seaman. Two, Lee Dixon. Three, Nigel Winterburn. Four, Patrick Vieira. Five, Steve Bald. Six, Tony Adams. Seven, David Platt. Eight, Ian Wright. Nine, Nicholas Anelka. Ten, Dennis Bergkamp. Eleven, Mark Overmars. Twelve, Christopher Ray. Thirteen, Alex Manninger. Fourteen, Martin Keown. Fifteen, Ray Parler. Seventeen, Emmanuel Petit. Eight, Gilles Grimandi. Nineteen, Remy Gard. Twenty, Matthew Upson. Twenty-one, Louis Boamorte. Twenty-two, Ian Selly. Twenty-three, Alberto Mendes. Twenty-five, Scott Marshall. Twenty-six, Vince Bartram. Twenty-seven, Paul Shaw. Twenty-eight, Stephen Hughes. Twenty-nine, Glenn Helder. Thirty, Gavin McGowan. Thirty-one, Chris Kiwoma. Thirty-two, Isaiah Rankin. Thirty-three, Michael Black. And thirty-four, Jason Crow. Match action. Southampton v Arsenal. Sunday, December 10th, 2017. 12 o'clock. Premier League. Game number 25. Southampton 1. Arsenal 1. Venue, St Mary's Stadium. Referee, Robert Madley. Attendance, 31,643. Away fans, 3,200. Match stats. Total shots. Southampton 6, Arsenal 11. Shots on target. Southampton 3, Arsenal 6. Corners. Southampton 4, Arsenal 5. Offsides. Southampton 4, Arsenal 1. Fouls. Southampton 12, Arsenal 10. Possession, Southampton 33%, Arsenal 67%. Match facts. Only Jermaine Defoe, with 23, has scored more substitute goals in the Premier League than Giroud, with 17. No team has gained more points from losing positions in the Premier League this season than Arsenal, with 10. Giroud has scored past the 80th minute mark 10 times this season. Man of the match, Olivier Giroud. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Southampton scorers, Austin in the third minute. Name Forster, number 44. Stevens, number five. Yoshida, number three. Van Dyke, number 17. Bertrand, number 21. Romeo, number 14. Hoiberg, number 23. Ward Prowse, number 16. Tadic, number 11. Substituted 88th minute. Redmond, number 22. Substituted 74th minute. Austin, number 10. Substituted 86th minute. Substitutes. Hoet, number 6. Davis, number 8. On in the 88th minute. McCarthy, number 13. Buffard, number 19. On in the 74th minute. Gabbiadini, number 20. On in the 86th minute. Lemina, number 18. Payed, number 26. Scorer, Arsenal. Olivier Giroud. Name, Czech, number 33. Bellerin, number 24. Mertesacker, number 4, substituted 64th minute. Monreal, number 18. Kozilny, number 6. Ramsey, number 8. Zaka, number 29, substituted 69th minute. Kolasinac, number 31. Erzil, number 11. Lacazette, number 9. Substituted 72nd minute. Alexis, number 7. Substitutes. Willishir, number 10. Brought on 69th minute. Ospina, number 13. Maitland Niles, number 30. Giroud, number 12. Brought on 72nd minute. Welbeck, number 23. Brought on 64th minute. Iwobi, number 17. Coquelin, number 34. First half. For the second consecutive weekend in the Premier League, we got off to a sluggish start and fell behind in the early stages. It was Charlie Austin breaking free of the offside trap who opened the scoring after just three minutes. Austin was finding space too easy to come by and we needed a smart stop from Czech to deny him a second after Nacho Monreal got caught out of position. We began to fight back and Fraser Forster produced a fine low save to deny Aaron Ramsey, who smashed a first-time shot from the edge of the area. Second half. It was more defence versus attack in the second half, but the hosts were proving difficult to break down. They were looking dangerous on the counter-attack too, and could have sealed the points when Ryan Bertrand burst through, only to drag his effort wide. Monreal curled a shot off target 
and Alexis had a free kick saved as the Gunners desperately sought the leveller. With just two minutes left, it arrived. Alexis crossed from the left wing and substitute Olivier Giroud rose highest to head home. The visitors. Newly promoted Newcastle face a battle to stay in the Premier League. Words Mike Hammond, Photography Getty. The Magpies bounced back immediately from relegation in 2015-16 by winning last season's championship, but after an encouraging start to the new Premier League campaign, Rafael Benitez's team have slipped down the standings and find themselves embroiled in another struggle to retain their top-flight status. The club marked its 125th anniversary last weekend, but despite an enthusiastic and noisy crowd on a cold night at St James's Park, there was nothing for the fans to celebrate at the final whistle as they conceded a late own goal to lose 3-2 against Leicester. There was further disappointment at the same stadium against Everton on Wednesday night as the team were beaten 1-0 courtesy of a first-half Wayne Rooney goal. Like any club that has just won promotion to the Premier League, Newcastle's main priority this season is to steer clear of the relegation zone. Defeats in their opening two matches back in August at home to Tottenham, 2-0, and away to fellow new boys Huddersfield, 1-0, suggested that it could be a long, hard season for Benitez and his players, but those two losses, supplemented by an EFL Cup defeat at home to Nottingham Forest, 3-2 after extra time, were followed by three successive wins, 3-0 at home to West Ham, 1-0 away to Swansea and 2-1 at home to Stoke. And all of a sudden, the Tynesiders found themselves in the top half of the table, a position they consolidated with a win and two draws from their next four encounters. Since owner Mike Ashley officially put the club up for sale in October, however, Newcastle's fortunes have plummeted, with just one point taken from their last eight games ahead of a tough end-of-the-year schedule that brings them here this afternoon to Emirates Stadium, back to London to face fellow strugglers West Ham next Saturday before runaway Premier League leaders Man City are hosted two days after Christmas. Two seasons ago, Newcastle were relegated with 37 points, a late surge of form following the appointment of Benitez in March, proving insufficient to keep the club in the top flight after a calamitous campaign under Steve McLaren. The Spaniards stayed on Tyneside, however, to mastermind a championship title-winning campaign, registering 29 wins in 46 matches to pip Brighton. With one of the largest and most loyal support bases in the country, Newcastle are desperate for success. The majority of their fans have never seen the club lift a major trophy, the most recent in those being the old Intercities Fairs Cup back in 1969. Their last domestic silverware was the 1955 FA Cup win and they will launch their latest bid to regain the trophy with a home tie against Luton Town on January the 6th. Before then, though, they must negotiate five Premier League fixtures that could go a long way to shaping their season. A brief history. Formed, 1892. Stadium, St James's Park. Capacity, 52,405. Manager, Rafael Benitez. Record win, 13-0 versus Newport County, October the 5th, 1946. Record appearance maker, Jimmy Lawrence, 496. Record goal scorer Alan Shearer, 2006. The squad. Carl Darlow, goalkeeper. 
born Northampton, 8th of October 1990. Previously, Nottingham Forest, Newport, Walsall, Nottingham Forest. Games and goals. Games, 51, goals, 0. Info. Signed from Nottingham Forest in 2014. He was loaned back there for a season. Carl was first choice in goal last season and made his 50th club appearance last weekend in the 3-2 defeat by Leicester. Number 26. Rob Elliott. Goalkeeper. Born Greenwich. 30th of April 1986. Previously, Charlton, Bishop Stortford, Notts County, Accrington. Game 65, goals 0. Info. At Newcastle since 2011, signing from Charlton, Republic of Ireland international Rob has donned the gloves intermittently for the Magpies, but started the first 13 games of the current Premier League campaign. Number 1. DeAndre Yedlin, defender, born Seattle, USA, 9th of July 1993. Previously, Seattle Sounders, Tottenham, Sunderland. Games 45, goals 1. Info. A member of the USA side that reached the last 16 of the 2014 World Cup, the pacey fullback earned a move to Tottenham, but played just once before joining Sunderland on loan and then permanently to Newcastle in August 2016. Number 22. Florian Lejeune, defender. Born Paris, France, 20th of May 1991. Previously, Agde Istres, Villarreal, Brest, Girona, Man City, Girona, Ibar. Games 11, goals 0. Info. A French centre-back who enjoyed an impressive 2016-17 season and La Liga with Ibar. He joined the Magpies on a five-year contract in the summer and has been a regular in defence in recent weeks. Number 20. Kieran Clark, defender, born Harrow, 26th of September 1989, previously Aston Villa, games 49, goals 5. Info, a former England under-19 captain, Kieran subsequently opted to play for the land of his ancestors and has now won 30 senior caps for the Republic of Ireland. The 28-year-old centre-back had six full Premier League campaigns with Aston Villa before joining Newcastle in 2016. Number 2. Chancel Mbemba, defender, born Kinshasa, DR Congo, 8th of August 94. Previously, Anderlecht. Games 56, goals 1. Info. Two outstanding seasons in the Belgian Pro League with Anderlecht, the first of which ended in a title triumph, prompted Newcastle to sign the DR Congo International on a five-year contract in July 2015. The versatile 23-year-old can play anywhere in defence. Number 18. Juave Manquilo, defender, born Madrid, Spain, 5th of the 5th, 94. Previously, Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, Marseille, Sunderland. Games 14, goals 0. Info, the 23-year-old former Spain youth and under-21 fullback had a difficult season long loan at David Moyes, Sunderland in 2016-17 before he joined Newcastle from Atletico Madrid in July. Number 19. Isaac Hayden, midfielder, born Chelmsford, 22nd of the 3rd, 95. Previously, Arsenal, Hull. Games, 54, goals, 3. Info, an Arsenal Academy graduate and England youth international at assorted age groups, Isaac had a loan spell at Hull before leaving North London for Tyneside on a five-year deal 18 months ago and starring in his new club's championship-winning campaign. Number 14. Mohamed Diame, midfielder. 
Born, Cretail, France. 14th of the 6th, 87. Previously, Lens, Linares, Rayo Vallecano, Wigan, West Ham, Hull. Games 53, goals 6. Info. Mo is a dynamic, do-it-all midfielder of skill and strength who captained Senegal at the 2012 London Olympics but has since retired from international football. Mostly a sub this term after helping Newcastle win promotion. Number 10. Mikel Marino, midfielder. Born Pamplona, Spain, 22nd of the 6th, 96. Previously, Osasuna, Borussia Dortmund. Games, 14, goals 1. Info. A couple of impressive seasons in Spain's Segunda division for Osasuna prompted Dortmund to take the midfielder to Germany last year. He recently agreed a five-year deal with Newcastle after initially joining the Tynesiders on loan in July. Number 23. Rolando Arons, midfielder, born Jamaica. 16th of the 11th, 95. Previously, none. Games, 26, goals, 4. Info. Having moved from Jamaica as a five-year-old, Rolando was originally with the Bristol City Academy before moving to Newcastle. Though eligible for the nation of his birth, the pacey left-footer is an England under-20 international who can play wide or more centrally in midfield. Number eight. Christian Atsu, midfielder, born Adafoa, Ghana, 10th of January, 92. Previously, Porto, Rio Ave, Chelsea, Vitesse, Everton, Bournemouth, Malaga. Games 48, goal 6. Info. Player of the tournament at the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations, helping Ghana finish as runners-up. Christian joined from Chelsea, who he hadn't played for in four years at Stamford Bridge, number 30. Jacob Murphy, midfielder, born Wembley, 24th of the 2nd, 95. Previously Norwich, Swindon, Southend, Blackpool, Scunthorpe, Colchester, Coventry. Games 12, goals 0. Info. The twin of Norwich's Josh Murphy, Jacob, played for England at last summer's European Under-21 Championship before leaving the Canaries for the Magpies in July. A regular starter recently. Number 7. Ayose Perez, forward, born Santa Cruz de Tenerife, Canary Islands, 22nd of the 7th, 93. Previously, Tenerife. Games 133, goals 26. Info. The effervescent striker left his native Canary Islands for the Newcastle in 2014 and has made a positive impression on the Geordie faithful. His goal tally, including nine last season, among them a vital late winner at title rivals Brighton. Number 17. Yoselu. Forward. Born. Stuttgart. 23rd of the 7th, 90. Previously. Celta Vigo. Real Madrid. B. Celta Vigo. Real Madrid. Hoffenheim. Eintracht Frankfurt, Hanover, Stoke, Deportivo La Coruna. Games, 16, goals, 3. Info, a £5 million signing from Stoke in August. Josello has been first to lead the Newcastle attack this term, scoring home goals against West Ham, Liverpool and Leicester. Number 21. Alexander Mitrovic, forward, born Smederevo, Serbia, 16th of the 9th, 94. Previously, Teloptic Belgrade, Partizan Belgrade, and Elect. Game 72, goals 17. Info, 
A capricious striker who is the main man in attack for the Serbian national side. His Newcastle appearances have been limited. Score a late equaliser here for Anderlecht in a six-goal 2014-15 UCL thriller. Number 45. In focus. Number 6. The captain. Jamal Lascelles. Defender. Born Derby, 11th of the 11th, 93. Previously, Nottingham Forest, Stevenage, Nottingham Forest. Games 80, goals 7. Info. A former England youth and under-21 international, Jamal was signed by Newcastle from Nottingham Forest in 2014 before spending his first season back on loan at the city ground. He came into his own at St James's Park last season, having been named by Rafa Benitez as the club skipper in August 2016, in succession to Fabio Colocini and led by example as the Magpies won the Premiership title to make an immediate return to the Premier League. The defender scored in successive wins against Swansea and Stoke in September, but missed a number of games recently with an ankle injury. Number 11, Matt Ritchie, midfielder, born Gosport, 10th of the 9th, 89. Previously, Portsmouth, Dagenham and Redbridge, Notts County, Swindon, Bournemouth. Game 66, goal 16. Info. Although born and raised in England, Matt plays international football for Scotland and has scored three goals in 15 appearances for his chosen country. The gifted left footer and set-piece taker joined Newcastle at the start of last season from Bournemouth and enjoyed an excellent campaign scoring 16 goals in all competitions. He had also previously starred in the Cherries Championship winning campaign of 2014-15, playing in all 46 matches and scoring 15 goals, before making his mark as a Premier League regular for Eddie Howe's side the following season. Number 9. Dwight Gale, forward. Born Walthamstow, 17th of the 10th, 89. Previously, Stansted, Dagenham, Bishop Stortford, Peterborough, Crystal Palace. Games 48, goals 26. Info. Released by Arsenal as a teenager, Dwight has spent much of his Premier League life with both Crystal Palace and Newcastle, where he arrived in July 2016 on the substitutes bench. But the 28-year-old striker remains a potent finisher, as he has proved of late with goals against Manchester United, Chelsea and Leicester. He spent three seasons at Palace, having joined the club from Peterborough before enjoying the most productive season of his career on his debut campaign for the Magpies as he struck 23 goals in 32 championship games to spearhead the club back into the top flight after one year away. The manager. Rafael Benitez. Born April 16th, 1960. Games, 81. Previously, Real Madrid B, 93-95. Valladolid, 95-96. Osasuna, 1996. Extremadura, 97-99. Tenerife, 2000-2001. Valencia, 2001-2004. Liverpool, 2004-2010. Internacional, 2010. Chelsea, 2012-2013. Napoli, 2013-15. Real Madrid, 2015-16. One of the most decorated managers of his generation, Rafa came to prominence in this country when he led Liverpool to UEFA Champions League glory at the end of his first season at Anfield. He would spend five further years on Merseyside before a brief sojourn in Italy with Inter. 
Out of the game for almost two years, he returned as interim boss at Chelsea and despite local disapproval of his appointment, led the team to a Europa League triumph. Next stop was Napoli and albeit for just six months at his hometown club Real Madrid. Two months after being dismissed by Madrid in March 2016, he joined Newcastle, replacing Steve McLaren. Breakdown. Scouting report. Rafael Benitez is the expert at finding a way to nullify the opposition. Words, Michael Cox. Rafael Benitez remains one of Europe's most renowned coaches and his approach this season at Newcastle is typical of his tactics over the course of his illustrious career. The Magpies generally use a structured, disciplined and broadly defensive 4-2-3-1 system. Only West Brom, Stoke and Burnley have averaged less possession this season. After a promising start, however, Newcastle have fallen away badly in recent weeks and have conceded an unusual number of goals for a Benitez side. For Newcastle's previous away match, a trip to Chelsea at the start of the month, Benitez used the en vogue 3-4-3 system to match Antonio Conte's three-man defence and he could do something similar today despite Newcastle's 3-1 defeat that day. He is a master of tweaking his own side to nullify the opposition's strengths and might decide that a three-man defence is the order of the day here, particularly because Newcastle boasts a number of solid centre-backs. Young captain Jamal Lascelles is Newcastle's first-choice centre-back and was joined by Florian Lejeune against Everton on Wednesday, but if Benitez selects a three-man defence, Kieran Clark and Chancel Mbemba will V for the third spot. These options provide Benitez with strength in depth at the back, but some recent concessions have been very disappointing. Both Chelsea's Alvaro Morata and West Brom's Hal Robson Canu have netted headers from point-blank range. At full-back, DeAndre Yedlin is an extremely speedy operator on the right, but has often found himself exposed defensively, while on the opposite side, Javier Manquillo is considerably more defensive and, as a right-footed left-back, tends to overlap much less. Benitez traditionally likes positionally solid central midfielders, having persisted with the enigmatic and suspended this afternoon John Joe Shelby at the start of the campaign. The need for defensive structure means Shelby has generally been omitted in favour of two tough tacklers. Isaac Hayden, who Arsenal fans know well, is one of only three Premier League players to have been shown six yellow cards this season, while Mikel Marino is a left-footed Spanish central midfielder and offers passing quality, but also gets in plenty of challenges. Out wide, Benitez likes his wide players to shuttle up and down the line rather than drifting inside to retain defensive structure. The speedy Christian Atsu started the season on the left, but has been displaced by the more diligent Jacob Murphy. On the right, Matt Ritchie likes checking inside before crossing with his left foot. And while he sometimes struggles to influence games in open play, his set-piece delivery is a real treat. Ayoise Perez plays a hard-working number 10 role, previously inconsistent. Benitez has converted him into an effective team player. Newcastle have options up front. Alexander Mitrovic can be a brilliant aerial threat. Drusello runs the channels manfully, but Dwight Gale, championship top goalscorer last season, is likely to start up front and stretch the play with his speed, having found form in recent weeks. Last match, 13th of the 12th 17 Premier League. Newcastle 0, Everton 1, Rooney 27. Newcastle, 
Darlow, Lascelles, Manquillo, Lejeune, Yedlin, Shelby, Diame, Jocello, 67, Ritchie, Aron, 74, Marino, Perez, 86, Atsu, Gale, Subs not used, Elliot, Clark, Murphy, Hayden. The Visitors. Did you know? We haven't lost against Newcastle in 11 games, with the run going back to November 2010. We last tasted defeat against the Magpies in November 2010 when Andy Carroll scored the only goal at the Emirates. Arsene Wenger has lost just five games in 44 meetings with Newcastle. Olivier Giroud has scored six goals against Newcastle. Last time we met, January the 2nd, 2016, Premier League. Arsenal 1, Kachilny 72, Newcastle 0. Arsenal, Czech. Bellerin, Kachilny, Mertesacker, Monreal, Flamini, Ramsey, Oxlade Chamberlain, Campbell 68, Ozil, Walcott, Gibbs 81, Giroud, Chambers 89, Subs not used, Ospina, Rain Adelaide, Iwobi, Newcastle, Elliot, Dummett, Jan Mart, Mbemba, Colback, Thorvin 79, Colaccini, Tiot, C.M. de Jong, 87. Sissoku, Wijnaldum, Mitrovic, Perez. Subs not used. Darlow, Lascelles, Mbabu, Gufran, Tony. Quick stats. Last five results in London. Chelsea 3, Newcastle 1, December 12th, 2017. Watford 3, Newcastle 0, November 25th, 2017. Tottenham 2, Newcastle 0, August 13th, 2017. Brentford 1, Newcastle 2, January 14th, 2017. QPR 0, Newcastle 6, September 13th, 2016. Played for both. Isaac Hayden, Matthew Debucci, Andy Cole, Sol Campbell, George Easton. Last five league finishes. 2016-17, first championship. 2015-16, 18th Premier League. 2014-15, 15th Premier League. 2013-14, 10th Premier League. 2012-13, 16th Premier League. Memory Lane 1. We beat Newcastle 7-3 in an incredible game back in December 2012. Theo Walcott scored a hat-trick, Olivier Giroud netted a brace and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Lukas Podolski were also on target. 2. We had a five-star performance against today's visitors at Highbury back in December 2000 with Ray Parlour striking a hat-trick in a 5-0 win. Thierry Henry and Canu also got on the score sheet. The run, 11. Games Arsenal are unbeaten against Newcastle when playing them on a Saturday, W8-D3, since losing 1-0 at St James's Park on December 10th, 2005. Teams for Arsenal, manager Arsene Wenger, red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and red and white socks. 2. Mathieu Debussy. 4. Per Matasaka. 6. Laurent Kozelny. 7. Alexis Sanchez. 8. Aaron Ramsey 9. Alexandre Lacazette 10. Jack Wilshire 11. Mesut Ozil 12. Olivier Giroud 13. David Ospina, goalkeeper 14. Theo Walcott 16. Rob Holding 
17. Alex Iwobi 18. Nacho Monreal 19. Santi Carzola 20. Shkodran Mustafi 21. Callum Chambers 22. Jeff Huen Adelaide 23. Danny Welbeck 24. Hector Bellerin 29. Granit Xhaka 30. Ainsley Maitland Niles 31. Siad Kalasinak 32. Tuba Akpom 33. Petra Jack, goalkeeper 34. Francis Coquelin 35. Mohamed Elneny 43. Josh Da Silva 44. Vlad Dragomir 47. Charlie Gilmore 50. Dan Ilyev, goalkeeper 54. Matt Macy, goalkeeper 58. Marcus McGain 61. Rhys Nelson 62. Eddie Nketiah 63. Jordi Osetutu 65. Ben Sheaf 69. Joe Willock For Newcastle United, manager Rafael Benitez Black and white striped shirts, black shorts and socks 1. Rob Elliott, goalkeeper 2. Kieran Clark 3. Paul Dummett 4. Jack Colback 6. Jamel Lascelles 7. Jacob Murphy 8. John Joe Shelby 9. Dwight Gale 10. Mohamed Diam 11. Matt Ritchie 14. Isaac Hayden 16. Rolando Ahrens 17. Iose Perez 18. Chancel Mbemba 19. Javier Manquillo 20. Florian Lejeune 21. Josselu 22. Deandre Yadlin 23. Mikel Marino 24. Henry Save 25. Masadio Hydera 26. Carl Darlow, goalkeeper 27. Jesus Gamez 30. Christian Atsu 41. Freddie Woodman, goalkeeper 42. Jamie Sterry 45. Alexander Mitrovic Today's other fixtures, all 3pm unless stated Leicester City vs Crystal Palace at 12.30pm Brighton and Hove Albion vs Burnley Chelsea vs Southampton Stoke City vs West Ham United Watford vs Huddersfield Town Manchester City vs Tottenham Hotspur at 5.30pm The Arsenal Foundation Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport Hello, this is Arsene Wenger. That brings us to the end of this audio production of the Arsenal Match Day program. Puma One. Play perfect. Gatorade. It all begins from within. Every victory starts from within. That's where the heart and the drive live. The determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. Gatorade is proud to fuel any athlete who believes greatness comes from within. Gatorade. Win from within. Copyright 2013. S-VC.H. Gatorade and G-Design 
are registered trademarks of s-vc.inc. everything once in a lifetime in Australia and New Zealand. Don't just visit, live it. From the rugged outback and spectacular coastlines to adventure sports and natural wonders. Choose from seven destinations on emirates.com slash UK. Hello tomorrow. Emirates. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.